Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Trinity Church Nottingham podcast. It's great to have you with us. My name's Johnny, together with my wife Amy, we lead this church here in the centre of Nottingham. Our vision is to see the church on fire and the city alive. If we can help you in any way at all, please feel free to get in touch and email us at info at trinitychurchnottingham.org. Okay, let's jump into the podcast. Uh, Well, hello and good morning from me. Um, Just to say that we have, as you know, been in a series um, of Luke, and we have been looking particularly at Luke 4. Uh, We have been going through um, Jesus's manifesto. Um, And Johnny, last week, he um, sort of unpacked more of the context around this manifesto. So if you haven't seen that, you haven't watched that or listened to it, please, like, I really recommend going to um, watch that and listen to that because you'll get a really good idea of the background to this manifesto. But um, s- people who know me um, well will ha- probably be no surprise um, that the, uh, the line of the manifesto that I am going to be speaking on today um, is the line that is next, which is proclaiming freedom for the prisoner. Other versions, it says freedom for the captives. And, you know, I am passionate about seeing people set free. I'm passionate about um, seeing people come into all that they were intended to be, Um, to see people not held back, um, but free to love, free to serve, free to obey God, and free to bring their full contribution to the kingdom. You know, there are so many voices, there are so many things that hold us back from being able to bring all of ourselves to the contribution that is ours to this beautiful story that is the kingdom of God. And so I'm passionate about seeing people come into all that they were intended to be. And uh, when I was a child, it's interesting, I was just thinking about this this week. When I was a child, and, um, and I was going through a time where I was asking lots of questions about, you know, what, what is God and what is this and why do we have to go to church and um, all those sort of uh, questions. Um, I remember speaking to my mum and, uh, and this, this, th- what she said to me will always stick. And it wasn't particular. I don't think she'll even remember it. It was sort of slightly off the cuff. But she said, she said, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But Amy, what I want you to know is that a life where you have given over your life to God, a life where you have let God into every part is a life that is ultimately fulfilled. And in that moment, you know, she, you know, she sort of said it and then got on with cooking the meal. But it really went deep in me. You know, that there is a life that here on offer that is of, um, of true fulfillment. And, you know, it's not a life that is perfect. It's not a life on offer that is shiny without pain or without suffering. But it is a life that is um, a, a soul that is nourished. As we give more of our life over to God, as we give more access um, to him, our souls are nourished. We are deeply fulfilled as we were intended to be. 
And as I have done that, as I have in my journey um, given more of myself over to God, given more control, more parts of my life over to him to have reign, to to be my master in all areas, I have found that to be true. I have found that um, I have a, a sense of fulfillment that is really deep, way beyond circumstance, but it is a deep um, sense of fulfillment that this is this is right this is what I was ten- intended for I was intended to live in this union in this relationship with God that that still has a lot to go I've got so much more I know there's more relationship for me to have with God there's more intimacy for me to get there's more freedom for me to have with God but I know that I'm on that trajectory I want more of that I want to be uh, more fulfilled as God has intended my life to be and so as I was saying, you know, freedom isn't a, is not a perfected self. It's not a perfect self, but it is a life that is absorbed by God. It's a life that is absorbed by God. Okay, that was just the introduction. <laughs> okay, so just going into um, some of the context here. When Jesus is speaking to the Jews about this freedom for the captives... Um, what is he actually talking about? What is he talking about? What is a captive? Now, a captive is one that is carried away against their will. A captive is one that is carried away against their will. And the Jews knew all about this. They knew what slavery and captivity meant. They were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years, lacking basic freedoms. And even after they were released from slavery, it didn't last too long um, until Israel was broken down and they were oppressed by a series of empires, and the last one being Rome. And so Jesus is declaring to them that he is the Messiah and had come to set them free from their captivity. But what captivity? But what captivity? They knew that they were slaves to Roman, to the Romans, yet there was a greater captivity. He had set them, he had come to set them free from the captivity of sin. And this is what Jesus is talking about in this manifesto. This is what he's talking about. The temple and the sacrificial system was given um, to deal with this sin, but it was only ever provided as a temporary fix. It was only a temporary fix. It's like a plaster uh, being put over a gaping wound. What was needed was rescue. What was needed was freedom, true liberation from the captivity of sin. And Jesus comes announcing that, that this has taken place right before their arms, that this has taken place right before their eyes. As, as we read uh, verse, so Luke 4, let's just read the whole manifesto again. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were were fastened on him. And he began to say, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That this good news is fulfilled right here, right now in Jesus. This was absolutely astounding news. I mean, this is unbelievable news. This was great news um, to them. And this is great news for us. This is great news for us. We are all held captive because we are born into sin. It's a captivity that only he can deliver us from. It's a captivity that only he can deliver us from. So the heart then of this manifesto of this man of this manifesto is liberation. Jesus comes to answer this sin problem and set us free from the captivity that holds us in. The Greek word here for freedom means it means remission, forgiveness, deliverance, pardon, or letting go as though they had never been committed. What Jesus is saying here is that in him, in Jesus, we are released from the debt of sin. So when Jesus died on the cross, he died, took our sin to the grave, and he buried it with him, and then he rose on the third day without it. Jesus took on our sin that we will be set free from this captivity, that we would be ultimately set free from this captivity. This means that we are free to enter God's presence, you know, access all areas. We are free to enter his presence wherever we are, free to enjoy his presence, come into his presence. Hebrews, I'm just going to read um, Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. It's a throne of grace. We don't need to keep him at at arm's length. We can go with confidence to God wherever we are. Wherever you are right now, you can come into God's presence. You can ask for God to come close. We can approach him with confidence because of what Jesus has done. It's a liberation that takes us back to how our relationship was intended to be. Back as we read in Genesis, walking in and enjoying relationship with God. This is what Jesus has done. He has, he has taken away anything that gets in the way of us having this pure relationship. All the sin that's got in the way of us having this relationship with God that was originally intended You know, the consequences of sin, how sin sort of manifests in our lives, obviously, it can, uh, it can manifest in many different ways, but there are three main uh, ways in which it manifests, and that's guilt, fear, and shame. You know, guilt, uh, when we see um, guilt appear in our lives, it drives us away from God. There is a really clear difference between guilt and conviction. 
And if you don't know that, you need to really listen here that there is a very clear difference between guilt and conviction. Guilt, it leads to self-loathing. Guilt leads to shame. Guilt leads to apathy. It leads to withdrawal. Um, It becomes quite an inward act. Whereas conviction, it leads, when we feel like God is convicting us of something, it leads us to want to make it right. It leads us to change. It leads us to repentance. It leads us to say sorry. It leads us to want to invite God into it, a desire to pray. And so if you are, um, if you are feeling guilt right now and it's causing you to withdraw, it's causing you to, um, to step out of relationship either with God or with others, that is not God. That guilt that you feel right now is not God. And I even, it's just, in, it's just even in this moment, when you just take a moment and say, you know, God, I'm feeling guilt and I know that's not of you. And so I give you my guilt now. I, I let you into the guilt that I'm feeling. I, I turn my face back to you, God. Um, take this guilt from me because it is not God. He wants to draw us into freedom. He wants to draw us into relationship where, where guilt would want to push us away um, from God. I think we have uh, got the message there. Okay. Fear is another classic manifestation of this um, of uh, the sin that shows up in our lives, the the ways in which we are held captive. You know, fear, it stops us, doesn't it? Fear, it stops and it blocks us. And we're unable to uh, walk into everything that God has intended for us because we're desperate to grasp onto control. We become quite risk-averse. We don't want to um, step into anything that we don't know what will happen. We don't know the outcome. You know, it it, um, it takes the sort of the faith element out of our lives. You know, it wants to squash, fear wants to squash that sense of, I'm just going to live by faith. I'm going to take this risk because I, I trust you, God. Fear wants to diminish that. Fear wants to squash that. Fear wants to hold us back. And, you know, I remember just even as I was thinking about some of this stuff this week, I was thinking about um, just a time in my life when I was sort of, I don't know, maybe in my sort of mid-twenties, I was absolutely crippled with fear when it came to speaking up. You know, it would, whether it would be in a meeting, whether it would be over a dinner table, whether it would be, um, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be doing anything like this. You know, there was so much fear around my voice and um, and what I had to say. And sometimes in a meeting, I'd be praying like, God, please don't let them pick on me. Please don't let them pick on me. Because I would be so petrified of speaking up. And, you know, the enemy wanted to squash my voice. He wanted to, um, he wanted to uh, rob me from the contribution that I had to make in the kingdom. You know, I'd been given a voice by God, like we all have. We've all been given something to say. We've all been given a voice to use for his kingdom, for his, for his, um, for his, for his um, proclamation of who he is. And, uh, that, and, and fear squashes that back. And so I actually even feel um, that right now there are people who are listening who really resonate with that. They, they feel that they, they sometimes can't speak. You know, they, when they want to add a contribution, they can't speak. And so if that's you, I'm just going to pray. Um, Father, we, um, I thank you, God, that you have um, given every single um, daughter and son of yours a voice 
and that you have um, that you want to speak through our voice. And so I pray now where. Um, where there are people here who um, are so fearful to speak up, that can't use their voice in the way that you have intended, I pray now, Lord, would you come and would you break that fear, Jesus, that you have um, come and you have taken that captivity from us. And I pray now a release of um, that captivity now. In Jesus' name, would you release um, people to um, speak um, words of life and contribution to your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the other uh, classic manifestation um, or consequence of sin is shame. You know, the act of shame is that we hide. You know, we, we, you, know you see it in Genesis, they hide from God. Um, they hide from God. Um, we want to keep, uh, shame wants us to keep God at arm's length. It wants us to keep people um, at arm's length. You know, shame is like, don't get to know too much about me. Don't come into, um, you know, I, I don't want you to come too close because then you'll really know who I am. You know, shame wants us to hide our true, the true picture of who we are in all its mess, in all its vulnerability. You know, shame wants us to squash it and hide it. And yet what Jesus is offering us is an, an invitation to um, give God all of it, to open the, the depths of um, our being, every part of it, to be vulnerable before him. Yet shame wants us to keep it hidden. Now, Jesus has come, as I said, to free us from those things. He's come as, he has come to free us from guilt. He has come to free us from fear. And he has come to free us from shame. But do you or I live in it? I mean, what unbelievable news, you know, that he has come that we don't Fear, we don't live in fear anymore. He's come that we don't live in guilt anymore. He has come that we don't live in shame anymore. But how many of us actually live in that reality? How many of us live in that reality that, um, that he has come and that he has freed us from that captivity? You know, I, I um, just even as I was thinking about this, I just had that, uh, the image that came into my mind of um, a prison and, uh, and, you know, we're, we're sat in this prison and God, you know, Jesus has come and he has opened the, uh, the gates. He's opened the door of this prison, this whopping uh, great door that has kept us captive. Yet we're still sat in this prison. We're still sat in this prison and we just don't know how to walk out. We don't know how to embrace the freedom that God has given us. We don't know how to embrace the realities of what Jesus has done for us. You know, I think some of us feel like it's still to do with our works. It's still to do with our behaviors. It's still to do with um, what, we can, what we can do to award us walking into this freedom. Yet he's opened this door. You know, he's opened this prison gate and he says, go. You know, this is a gift of grace. This is a pure gift of grace that we get to uh, walk in this freedom that he has given to us. So then how do we begin to walk out of the cell? How do we begin to do this? And, you know, it's, it isn't a, 
it, it isn't a simple, you know, it's not a simple thing. It's a lifetime that we begin to walk into the freedom that Jesus has given us. And really the how, it really truly is surrender. It really is surrender. As we surrender our lives, as we um, keep, you know, surrendering more of um, the things that we want to keep us in control, as we surrender our fears, as we give over our shame and our guilt and our, um, just, just as we give over more and more of our lives, that is where we find that he speaks to us, that he, that he tells us who we are in him, that he, that he breathes his life into us, that he sets us free from the things that want to keep us held back. As we give it over to God, as we let him have more of us. And so even, as, um, even sort of going back to that image, in some ways, it isn't a picture of us necessarily even walking out today. Maybe for some, it's like, I'm going to, I know there are areas in my life where I know I just need to, I need to walk into the freedom that he has. And that looks like giving over. But I think for some, it's even to know that Jesus wants to come in to that cell. You know, he wants to come into where we feel stuck. He wants to come into that place where we feel like there is no possible way for greater liberation in this, in this place of my life. I'm so riddled with fear. I'm so riddled with guilt. I'm so riddled with shame. There is no way that I will experience any freedom. And Jesus wants to say, let me into that place. Let me into your prison and I will hold your hand and I will help Help you walk out. You know, there is an invitation, and I, I say this every time that I get to speak, <laughs> but I feel so strongly that there is an invitation for God to, um, that he wants to come in to every part of our lives. And, you know, we think that when we invite God into fear, that, that I should wake up the next day and I wouldn't feel afraid anymore. That's just not how it works. It might be for some. Brilliant. But it's, a, it's an invitation into a journey with him, saying, God, I need you. I want you in this part of my life, into all my fear, into all the guilt, into all the shame, because you have ultimately set me free. And so I want, an, I want your, um, your freedom presence in every part of my life. And so it really is a journey of, of surrender. It's a journey of letting go. It's a, a journey of giving him um, everything, all, all parts of our lives. And it's about um, inv inviting him into that. But it's also about knowing that we can go into his presence, that we can invite his presence boldly um, and in freedom. Now, we're going to pray in a minute, but my final point here is that also we get to, um, we then also get to proclaim this. We get to proclaim this incredible news uh, to the people around us, to our neighbors, to our children, to our families, to our colleagues. We get to proclaim this incredible news and this hope that we are, that we are not stuck in our captivity, that there is freedom. There is um, an ability. Uh, there is God who can bring about freedom um, in our lives. So why don't we pray? Thanks for listening to some of our teaching here at Trinity. We hope it's blessed you. 
If you live in the city or live outside of Nottingham and want to connect more with the church, check out some of our practices and pathways on our website. We call them one, few, company, and many. We're passionate about encountering Jesus, becoming like him, and doing the things that he did, both individually and in our lives together, so that we may see the church on fire and the city come alive. You can find these on our website under the Connect tab. Thanks for listening.